You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I am Dr. Cass Henry, and I look forward to spending the next hour with you. Just like our previous weeks, we are going to take some time to talk about a different aspect of what it takes to make choices and make our lives just right. Uh, Just like Goldilocks, we all go through life trying to figure out how do I make my choices and juggle all the different roles that I am dealing with. While Goldilocks had to worry about getting the soup too hot or soup too cold, in our case, we are constantly worrying about how do I make sure my work, my life, my family, taking care of myself, how are all the moving pieces being juggled? And how am I going to get a balance? And is the balance the right approach? Do I have to harmonize everything in a way that I'm getting it just right? And as we go through this concern and we work through life, we have other sources and resources we lean on to make it happen. Today's episode is going to be focused on harmonizing work and motherhood. Can we afford that too? In a modern day where working mothers and working women are in the workplace taking up 50% of our workforce and most of our families being run by single mothers, not having women in the workplace is not an option. And not having women in leadership positions is actually not good for business. Research shows that organizations that have women on the board have a much better return on equity, almost 53% higher return on equity than an all-male board that is running an organization. Women make up 70% of our healthcare choices in our country and purchasing power. Women make up almost 80% of all technology and long-term investment decision-making. And women are running households and women are decision makers, both in the workplace and in families. And men and women think differently. And how can businesses take advantage of the different thought processes and problem-solving capabilities of men and women? At the same time, how can organizations prepare to embrace Working men and women in the modern workplace is a very, very vital conversation. And to help me have this conversation, I have two wonderful guests. Um, We have Allison Robinson and Christine Coyle. They are both coming to us from the Mom Project. Allison is the founder and chief executive officer of the Mom Project. She drives the company's vision and strategy in redefining the path to professional success of women. Christine Coyle is the Director of Client Partnership, where she provides clients with solutions for creating and maintaining a diverse workforce. Welcome to the show, ladies, and I'm so looking forward to having you engage in a very, very exciting conversation. Thank you for having us, Dr. Henry. Yes, thank you. So as we get started, Allison and Christine, I just want each of you to take a moment and talk about 
as professional women, how did you get to a place where you are today? You're thinking and talking about creating the balance and the ability to engage in a global workplace as women, mothers, caregivers. How did you get here? Because none of us get out of college and get to the workplace. Making this a priority because we want to get a good job, we want to do well, and somewhere along the way, we stumble onto this as life happens. So can you take um, my audience, our audience, through the journey of how you got here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, this was something, and this is Allison Robinson, this was something that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Personally, I had been risen, I had been raised by a mother who uh-huh. had made the decision um, to really pause her career ambitions to really focus on raising my siblings and I. Um, and so had always throughout my career kind of thought about how would I manage that when I came to that choice, when I be eventually became a mother myself. Um, and really what was the catalyst actually for me creating the mom project was reading a sobering statistic from the Harvard business review that over 43% of highly qualified mothers leave the workforce. And that is a shame. And because it was something that um, I, I quickly realized was so much bigger than myself. Um, you know, I realized that there was such a huge opportunity to solve for the needs of work and family and really mm-hmm. working with companies to make work more compatible. Um, so I guess you could say this is something that had always been on my mind. I hadn't quite realized what a large economic opportunity it was until um, reading about you know, what a big impact this has on the American workforce and mothers specifically. Okay, and I'm glad you made it a point that this is predominantly an American workforce, American woman mother concern, because this is not the same all over the world. We have audience from across the world, so we try to make sure we have this conversation from a mother woman workforce perspective in a larger context. And so, where do you, uh, so Christine and Allison, when you think about uh, looking at the American working woman in the context of the global working woman, where do you see us needing to step up, and what are the other ways other people can step up as we continue this conversation? Because it's not just Mom Project alone can't make a difference, right? And it is. As they say, it's going to take a village. It's going to take the whole community, the whole workforce to work together and the support system to come together. So how do we envision this possible? And let me give you some context. The reason I asked this question this way is I, too, was raised by a working mother. But I come from another part of the world where working mothers have the support. The society and the community is right behind them. And so I didn't feel some of the constraints Uh, that children raised by American working mothers feel because the context of my upbringing was different. Mm -hmm. So I always wonder why is it that we struggle so much in the United States today? Yeah. I believe that there's really some structural policy issues um, Mm -hmm. that are still holding women back in the American workforce. Um, As you probably know, doctor, we're, the only developed country in the world to not have paid family leave. Um, so yes. that's certainly something that, that I advocate strongly for. 
Um, the second is the cost of childcare in the U.S. is very prohibitive compared to many other developed countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, many women kind of weighing the economics of working um, and the costs associated with childcare in the short term, um, the investment often doesn't make sense. You've really got to look at it over the long term. Yes. Um, third, I would say, is really just the structure of the way that we work. Um, still, many of the positions um, in, in our workforce are a nine-to-five schedule, um, mm-hmm. which we know isn't necessarily compatible with being a working mom or a working dad. And I think other companies have are further along in providing alternative work structures, whether that look like job shares, part-time opportunities, Opportunities, etc. Yes, and that is that is a very very uh, critical point you raise because job here is very much about the economic pursuit of a person, a family, and the financial wealth of that household. Whereas in most developed countries, it's looked upon as a shared investment for economic and social progress. Where when a mother goes on maternity leave, when a mother is a nursing mother. There is support system and time set aside for the mother and child bonding to take place because that's thought about as the foundation for a future strong society as opposed to getting the mother back to work as soon as possible and mother having to figure out what to do with the child's child care. So, right. And even in our neighboring country like Canada, they, they get almost 50 weeks, I believe, time off when they when a mother has a baby. And so, yeah, yeah, we are dealing with some of those public policy-related challenges. But I also heard you mention another aspect of uh, raising children in the modern day because more and more women are getting more educated and getting the better jobs. And in the millennial and Gen Z generations, fathers are staying home and taking care of the child. So this is no longer emerging as a gender issue. This is emerging as a family and social issue in the United States. Don't you think so? I would, I would agree. I would say that, um, you know, societal norms that have been so entrenched in our society, they are starting to evolve. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it, it happens slowly. Um, but as you look at my generation of millennials, I think you probably would see a positive trend in terms of fathers, you know, making the career trade-offs that were historically always incumbent on the mothers. Um, so, yes, there are some promising signals. Yes, it's interesting you make that point. When I was a CFO at Aon Risk Services, my senior finance manager, she was uh, starting a family and she came and told me, you know what, Cass, I would really like to slow down with work and focus on raising my family. I don't want somebody else raising my family. And we partnered with her to accommodate her uh, starting of the family and raising two kids. But even that would not work sufficiently flexibly for her. She ended up starting her own business and working from home so that she was there for her kids. She ended up actually doing better in the long run, and she was there for her kids. But it's a shame that women had to give up. Women, women have to give up their careers to do what they want to do for their family 
without having a trade-off between how much do I give up on work or how much do I give up on my own children? Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because so many women really do kind of embrace more of an entrepreneurial work, work career as a career choice after mm-hmm. becoming mothers because as much as they try to negotiate flexibility with their employers, um, you know, often it, it just doesn't end up working as both parties would like. And so many women um, realize that they can really create the schedule that they need by creating their own company, which just is an interesting trend that seems to really be growing quickly. Yes, yes. And it's interesting you say that because there was a UN study done a while ago which looked at uh, interviewing in men and women to see how much each felt the other person's, val- the other gender's value add. And men repeatedly kept saying, women don't go to work, women don't do anything, but what do they do from morning till night, from the time they get up till the time they go to sleep? They are actually producing work that they're not paid for. So women already have a 24-7 job. And when women go to work as mothers and caregivers and wives and daughters and granddaughters, right, they're also then putting another extra scope of work and juggling that becomes hard when everything has to be around everybody else's medical and healthcare schedules. So I think that's where women struggle with which half the day do I take for my work versus which half the day or which three quarters of the day I give for my family. Absolutely. And, and that often doesn't fit neatly within a nine to five construct. Mm-hmm. And so y- y- what you are seeing is that uh, the entrepreneurial world is allowing them a greater flexibility to set their own course. Is that it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So whether, um, you know, entrepreneurs in the sense of running um, a multi-person company or really entrepreneur in in more of the sense that they're taking on project-based work and freelance work, Mm -hmm. um, women actually represent the largest portion of the growing freelance economy. Um, of freelancers working full-time, and Uh they most often cite caregiving as the reason why. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when we come back from break, I want to continue this conversation in terms of when women work, project work, without full-time, like part-time, but they're truly putting in for full-time. What does this mean to healthcare and their ability to care for their family on the flip side of the conversation? So hold that thought, and we'll, we'll get back. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, 
please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Arena Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. We are having an interesting conversation with Allison and Christine on mothers and women at work and the juggling they have to do as they take care of the families they have to care for, as well as pursue their careers. So welcome back to the show, Christine and Allison. Before we went back went uh, to our break, we're talking about how women are taking more of entrepreneurial-type roles, project-based work. They're the largest project-based workforce in the United States. But that also puts them in a disadvantage of not having full-time jobs with full-time health care. With health care being such a hot topic, women's health being such a political football in this country, where do we see that taking on a life of its own in this particular aspect of a woman's career in our day and time today. What are your thoughts on this, Christine? Well, what we're seeing overall is is the trend to go to a gig economy or a project-based workforce on, in both female and male spaces. And the women are generally picking this because it gives them the flexibility that they need. And what we've also seen as we're understanding why women are choosing the project-based work is that when they were in permanent employment where they were receiving benefits, the the opportunities for flexibility that were offered to them weren't honored by their managers or by the culture of the organization. So they would initially start with having the opportunity to have some flexibility with their permanent role that provided benefits, and then they were finding like they weren't really getting that flexibility, and then they were shifting to project-based work. And what we'll, what we'll see as the, the shift goes for both genders through a gig mm-hmm. economy, while millennials feel more comfortable in that space, is that as a country, we're going to have to have health care and benefits that support a freelance gig economy. And that, that is probably going to be the million-pound gorilla in the room, right, from a public policy perspective. Right. Um, and and it is certainly, certainly, it's a different game from male versus female, so go ahead. Oh, sorry oh, to interrupt. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say we're starting to see that the marketplace evolve um, in terms of independent workers being able to find healthcare. Um, the partner that we that we have is Stride, and I highly recommend them for people that are contemplating becoming entrepreneurs or independent contractors. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a really great marketplace that um, 
makes that purchase decision um, less intimidating. Okay. But we still will have the gender disparity and the health care emphasis on the care disparity between a male approaching a marketplace for health care versus a female approaching the marketplace for health care because that is still the same for us whether we buy it through an employer or a private marketplace. That's very yeah. true. And- yes. So women are going to be considered high risk because they are the ones who are going to be giving birth. Right. There is no way men are going to all of a sudden uh, grow a womb and give birth, right? So since that is not going to happen, the way actuarially they evaluate the risk profile, women are high risk until they're in their early 40s. So it is going to be a high premium marketplace with not everything being accessible and if pre-existing conditions are not there. So it goes into a whole host of healthcare issues that women have to worry about especially in an American society where most households are single mother households and their employment and their income is not just supporting them, but their entire household, right? Sure, right. So what are some of the non-healthcare related situations you are running into as you work through this mom project to help men and women who are trying to juggle the five circles, as they call the five circles of life? Well, you know, I, I can't speak for Allison, but what I would say from my encounters with both on the client side and on the mm-hmm. talent side with the female talent is that women are looking to re-engage, but they're not sure how. So we, we estimate that about 70% of women would not press pause on their career when they left the workforce if they had more flexibility, um, the work-life balance that was needed, but that as we know from our previous discussion, that isn't happening in today's environment. So they've stepped out to focus on their family. So what we're really trying to do is understand how do we work with enterprise organizations and large organizations to re-engage these women? Because we see without this 43% of, a percentage of this 43% of women re-engaging, we are going to be to a point where we do not have enough quality talent, specifically women, in the workforce as the baby boomers leave at a rapid pace. And then when we look forward, we're looking at the millennium generation where they're, or the millennials where they're saying, we're going to step out at an even faster rate. So we could be at a crisis point here in a couple years if we don't, as, as a society, look at how do, we con- how do we get these women back in the workforce? And that's really the focus of the mom project is yes. to create the awareness that traditional firms and, and professional services organizations do not have to help, help organizations re-engage women in the workforce. Mm-hmm. And all of this is happening in a global marketplace where women from other developed nations have far greater support And therefore, they are able to stay in the workforce and add value. So one of the things I am seeing more and more in certain types of roles is foreign-educated, foreign-raised women with their family support structure. And because jobs are all over the world, they're able to compete better than American-born and raised girls in the workplace. And we're also doing our children a disservice. And I you use the term children very broadly because as an educator, I believe that they're all our children, right? 
And so as an American living and working in America, I feel like we are giving our children less of an opportunity to compete on an equal footing because we're not providing that support structure socially and public policy wise. Are you seeing that where you are? Yeah, I, I would absolutely echo that. I think, you know, I, I see structural policy as very immediate short-term opportunities to solve for subsequent generations. Um, I also, to Christine's point, um, just the structure of work. Um, so if you look at, at many companies like Western in Western Europe where mothers are given an option to stay on part-time, um, uh-huh. I know we're working with a lot of innovative companies to not only learn how we better re-engage women that have stepped out, but also how do we prevent them from ever having to leave. Yes, because employers actually want both men and women represented in their workforce because they want the problem-solving and thinking and engaging capabilities of both genders without which the workplace is not successful. So employers come into this knowing that they want the gender equality in the workplace because that's the only way they're going to get the best out of the situation. But then are we ready to serve it up in our U.S. context is the question. And so I'm really, really happy to hear you talk about how the MOM Project is a awareness initiative. It's an education initiative as well as a support mechanism to help people re-engage. So where do you think most of your time is being spent? If you look at education, awareness, re-engagement, where do you see most of your time spent? So we we are a marketplace, Dr. Henry. So we I think about kind of our focus across two spectrums. Number one is working with employers to figure out how do we structure roles in the right way um, to make them more compatible with women's lives so that either they can successfully re-engage or they never have to leave. Um, so Christine and her team does a really incredible job of of thinking through innovative solutions to make that happen. I also have a chief community officer, Denise Chase, and she's really responsible for the supply side of the marketplace. So the many women and men um, on our market who are looking currently for opportunities, and we, we continue to figure out what are the best ways that we create education and awareness around these issues. We talked a little earlier about the cost of childcare mm-hmm. and really educating women. So if a 27-year-old woman in the U.S. is making $100,000 per year and uh-huh. she steps out of the workforce for five years, she's not walking away from $500,000. She's walking away from a million dollars because it's not only those foregone wages, she's taking herself out of market at the peak of her career trajectory. And she's also stopping paying financial aid for her education and all of those other things that go with it, right? So there's a socioeconomic cost to it, too, not just a personal cost. Absolutely. And then you layer on loss of retirement savings, lack of professional relevancy. Um, You know, it it becomes much greater than than maybe the the half million that's being accounted for. So we think a Mm -hmm. lot about how do we help educate these women throughout the different career transitions that they have as they become mothers. 
Mm-hmm. So do, you, do we ever see a family support structure right around women and families because now it's a gender neutral role anymore who's going to stay at home and raise kids an extended family structure also rising up to create that support structure it cannot all be the government and the public policy so are you seeing all aspects of this changing as you start having conversations or is there more awareness to be created so that everybody comes with all, all hands on deck? Christine, I would say we're, we're not there yet. You know, we still have probably in America have a very traditional mindset, even though the, the roles are shifting mm-hmm. where it's a lot of the burden still falls on, on the female or the mom in the relationship. And then as, as she wants to re-engage into the workforce, she's having to, to hold the balance and hold the weight of, of managing that. So I don't think we're, we're to that point yet. And, and most of the conversations I've had with women trying to re-enter, it's, it's about finding the emotional support, the skills refresh. You know, so there's a lot of factors behind that, but there really hasn't necessarily been a big shift in the overall picture. Okay, I hear you. So when we come back from the break, we will continue this conversation. And I hear we have uh, callers waiting to ask a few questions from us. So let's pick this up on the other side of the break. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com. Or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. We are continuing our conversation with Allison and 
Christine. Uh, how are you doing, ladies? Enjoying the conversation? Yes, it's been wonderful. We have a caller, Kelsey, from San Francisco on the phone. Hey, Kelsey, how are you? Hi, how are you? Can you hear me okay? Go ahead. You have Hello. a question for Hi. us? Yes, hi. I was. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, go ahead. Oh, perfect. Hi. Yeah, well, I was calling for Allison. I've actually been following her company, um, following her company, and it's been so incredible, and I'm so happy she's doing that because I am actually pregnant myself, and, um, you know, I'm going on maternity leave soon, and I wanted to ask, um, as I'm looking at different, I'm just, like, curious with the mom project, what exactly is your parental leave policy? That's a great question, Kelsey. It's actually one I get asked a lot, um, and it's a program that we actually recently launched um, that we're really excited about. Um, and so we have a pretty comprehensive family leave policy. Um, it is inclusive. It applies equally to men and women, so both moms and dads who become parents oh, awesome. by birth or adoption. Yeah. Um, and new parents on our team received 12 weeks of paid leave, and we also realized it's really important for new parents to be able to successfully transition back into the workplace, and we, we know that doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So the paid leave is also followed by a four-week flex period uh, to help facilitate a successful transition. Um, and then on top of this, we also offer four weeks paid family sick and bereavement leave. Oh, wow. That seems really generous. Yeah. And congratulations on um, expecting a little one. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to know if you guys were hiring. I mean, that sounds like an incredible opportunity, and this sounds like an incredible company. As I said, I've been following it closely, and it's just been its been so interesting to see how you guys have been kind of innovating the, the workforce for women these days especially with everything that's been happening in our country. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Uh, Oh, thank you. So jumping off on Kelsey's question there, um, as Allison and Christine, you're looking at what the mom project offers versus what are the other employers offering as a competitive package where women and men are in the workforce. Where are you seeing some of the opportunities for improvement so that women feel like they have a long-term engagement opportunity with an employer? Yeah, so specific to paid family leave? Yes, paid family leave, maternity leave, all of those included. Yeah, so what I get asked this question, I think first and foremost, I think it's really important to look at this as a gender-neutral policy, mm-hmm. um, first and foremost, and, and really allowing it to be available to parents who become, um, you know, parents of any different means, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, from a, from a length standpoint, um, certainly there's varying points of view. I think um, somewhere between the, the time frame of three to six months um, has, has showed some optimal results. And, you know, there's been benefits, of course, of longer periods, um, similar to what's offered in, in Europe. But some of those very extended parental leaves have actually showed to um, have women, you know, 
sometimes regress in their career a bit um, because employers will be more reluctant to hire. Um, So I think it really depends on your business and your stage, but I would say, you know, where we landed at 12-plus weeks um, and really having a gender-neutral policy is a great place to be. I'm glad you bring up the gender-neutral role because marriage and family and parenting is no longer one of each gender, right, the way we define it. So anybody who wants to adopt to women, if they decide one of them are going to have a baby. So it truly has to be a gender-neutral policy to work in the modern-day definition of what a family is. And it doesn't have to be the way traditionally, historically, it has been defined. So I'm actually glad to hear you say that. Yes, I think it's it's important to chime in on that, too, because as I talk to enterprise clients throughout the U.S., you'd be shocked to see Fortune 1000 companies that have no parental leave, no maternity leave. They literally offer FMLA when when someone's leaving on maternity leave. And as we are engaging in the workforce, it's onus on us, too, to look at the benefits policy, understand the benefits policies that the organizations are offering, and, and really weigh that into your decision when you decide to accept a job with an organization and kind of show a message to, the, to those companies that they're not going to get top talent if they're not mm-hmm. offering top-tier benefits. How is that really practically possible? Though I'm going to play devil's advocate here. People are desperately looking for jobs, and a lot of times people will take any job that comes their way. But I, in the classroom, am always cautioning my students, don't pick up the first job you get, and don't pick up the job that pays you the highest wages. Sometimes somebody who pays a couple of grand lower might be giving you a better work-life balance and better benefits. But how do you get young people and uh, career changes to actually think about this rationally without going with the immediate money. Right. It, it's definitely an educational process, and it's also a maturity. So sometimes it's one of those things that you learn as you get more mature in your career. Mm-hmm. In today's employment market in the U.S., a lot of functional skills are at close to full employment. So it is a candidate's market, and that's that's why I go back to the onuses on, on the candidate to look at the complete offer, not just what is coming through on a biweekly mm-hmm. check. But I, I do agree with your point, Dr. Henry, that it is an educational point where we do have to educate people as they're coming through the workforce what, what, a, what a whole picture is, not just one piece of the puzzle. So in my 25-year career, I have watched both men and women work side by side with me, some of them going out of the way to make my career successful. And a lot of times it is men who go out of the way to mentor and coach and make young women's careers successful. Very rarely, if at all, have I ever had a female support and nurture me. And when I look around in the workplace, it is always women who give other women a hard time. It is women who don't have kids, who don't understand women who need to take time for the kids, or women who sacrificed their own motherhood and weren't there for their kids are somehow so bitter about it that they don't want anybody else getting that chance. And as time has evolved, 
how are we trying to deal with this? Because it is not, while we say this is a gender neutral issue, women are not necessarily helping women in the workplace. And I think as women, we need to be honest with ourselves and talk about it. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. I think women um, really doing a better job of helping one another. Um, I agree with you, Dr. Henry, that there's a lot of room for opportunity. I do think post-election, um, you know, female camaraderie um, feels to be improving. Um, something mm-hmm. it, it's hard to kind of quantify, but it's certainly an energy that, that I've been witnessing over the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to think we're moving in the right direction. But I think you're right. Historically, we've not done enough to bring fellow women um, up up with us. Yes, and my fear is we shouldn't wait till we lose too much to look up and say, oh my God, what did we just lose? It's better to be proactive and be there for one another because ultimately nobody takes control from us. We give up control and it is, sometimes it just makes me feel sad that women cede that space. And it almost seems like people think that it's a man's job to make sure women have work-life balance when we women ourselves, we don't think that deep about one another when the rubber meets the road. What can we do? What can we as women do to start getting women thinking about this seriously? Yeah, so I I think part of the issue is um, there's been a lot of research around kind of the effectiveness of mentorship versus sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when I think about sponsorship is someone very senior in an organization really advocating for the longer trajectory of someone Mm -hmm. more junior in the organization. And I do think with women not not fully represented at those senior levels, women don't have the levels of sponsorship that they need. Um, So I think that's that's actually a big driver. Um, Uh And second to that, I think um, you know, men, there, there's been interesting articles written lately about men in those more senior positions don't necessarily want to um, be sponsoring or mentoring more junior women for, per, for perception reasons or, or potential risk. Um, and so I think we need to just change that dialogue as well. Oh, interesting you bring that up because they think because of the gender difference there might be a different connotation, a different perspective on why they're sponsoring. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. So how are other societies, other peers of Mom Project in other environments dealing with this? Do you benchmark yourself to see how others are doing and how you can do things differently? Yeah, it's a good question. Specific to... um kind of how we, we get women to better help each other or in what context? Uh, both. How do we help women help each other better as well as how do we get employers better engaged? Yeah, so the great thing about that we're seeing from employers is I think commitment um, to change is at an all-time high. Um, mm-hmm. So what we're really focused around are what are the, the most productive vehicles um, to really foster that. Um, and something I think uniquely we're in a position to really be able to help with is amongst the over 12,000 women and men in our community, 
How do Mm -hmm. we have them help each other? So we know that when we have a new role that's available on our, on our marketplace, um, often the best referrals come from women within our own network, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So we're really trying to spur that conversation um, and do it in a very kind of organic way. Okay. So here are some of the other observations, and one of this I'm going to draw from my own personal experience. When I started my American career, so to speak, um, as an immigrant worker, um, my employer at that time took the notion that, hey, you're single, you can start at 5 o'clock in the morning and you can go till 7 o'clock and you're on a 24-7 call. Because you're single, you're not married, you don't have kids. And I would always joke, I'm going to die single because you're not letting me go out and find somebody to get married, right? So I always <laughs> right. use humor as a way to push back. But fast forward, you're 20 years later, I am in uh, my client workplaces and we are looking at situations. And I have female senior level people who have families who are turning around and telling unmarried or single senior level female executives saying, you don't have a family. I need to go to my family. You take care of this. And that is not necessarily healthy either because just because you don't have kids or you're not married doesn't mean you don't have a mother you're responsible for or a sibling you're responsible for or your own life that you need to find a balance for. Where do we see that peer-to-peer, woman-to-woman, working-woman-to-working-woman collaboration and support taking place, starting with understanding? Yeah, I I think that you raise a really interesting point um, as we think about flexibility. So that that ability to be able to, to leave work at 3 p.m., um, whether that be to pick up a sick child or maybe an aging parent, um, mm-hmm. we think that those should be broadly available throughout an organization, not specific to one gender or parent versus non-parent. Um, so we really mm-hmm. think that these things that are good for mothers are are good for everyone. Um, And so we advocate for them throughout an organization, not specific to only one segment. Okay. And you find that people are actually listening? Yes. I think think that um, many employers are thinking about these issues more broadly, realizing that um, although it can certainly help solve their female talent issues, they can also, you know, have a positive impact on their broader organization. Um, Also think that leadership, leading by example, is very important. So we know that many companies might have flex policies saying that you can do those things like leave at 3 p.m. If leadership doesn't exhibit that behavior, um, it can feel very taboo. So it's very important that those policies not only be broadly available, um, but that, that that behavior is really embodied by managers and leaders. Yes, because I have seen environments where the policy is there in writing, but people who take advantage of it are frowned upon. Right. That yeah. would not right. create I, a constructive culture. I lived culture. that experience in my last role. Mm-hmm. After I had my daughter, I was kind of granted, in quotes, remote flexibility two days a week, but then consistently leadership would put meeting meetings on my calendar that required me to be in the office. So while in theory, mm-hmm. they gave me this flexibility, it never really occurred. So I feel like I'm a living example, and that's part of what drew me to the MOM Project was to really 
have have a, a broad conversation about this, and this is a, a big point for me personally. Okay, I hear you. It's like having speed limits and nobody's enforcing it, right? Having rules that are not, <laughs> right. not linked up to is really no rules at all, right? So do you find men approaching the mom project for the kind of support and uh, education and um, work opportunities as much as women, or are you having to go and seek them out? Are they finding you? Are they comfortable coming to you? Yeah. We, we really welcome anyone that identifies with our mission and goals to, to our community. Um, we know today about 10% of our users are males, many of them fathers. So um, it's, it's a great trend. We're finding that, that even though the mom in mom projects certainly, um, you know, some might think might be limiting to, to moms, we're finding that, that dads are actually really coming to the platform, and also women who are not yet mothers, but contemplating the next phase in their career as they think about motherhood. So we really see a a great diversity. Let's pick this up on our way back. Thank you so much. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Allison and Christine, we've been having such a wonderful, wonderful conversation with you. You've given us some great insight about what you are seeing in the marketplace. Can you give our audience information on how they can seek your assistance, where they can find you, and how can they engage with you? Yes, absolutely. So users can go and sign up on our platform. That's at www.themomproject.com. The Mom Project is a pioneering digital platform that is changing the way women work and redefining career structures by providing women with real work opportunities that are in balance with their personal goals. Wonderful. Thank you so very much. I so appreciate you ladies giving us your time and spending the hour with my audience. We definitely will think about bringing you back as people have more questions and seek more assistance in this area because it is, after all, a very, very important topic for us in the modern day workplace. Thank you so very much and lovely having you. Thank Thank you. you. My pleasure. And thank you so much to the audience for hanging in there and participating in this conversation. Please join us next week. We are going to explore leadership and organizational culture as uh, we look at what what it's going to take for businesses to build successful organizations for economic prosperity with the right culture and right leadership. And I know for sure you are going to enjoy my guest and enjoy the conversation. I am truly humbled that you come back to participate in the Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. And I am so very excited to continue to see your engagement, your messages, your emails, and your participation in our show. Do feel free to download and listen to our show on demand, share it with your family, get everybody engaged. And don't forget to call in with your questions so that we can make this conversation tailor-made to the thoughts and ideas in your mind and what's taking up your days and nights with your concerns and worries. If you have any topics you want us to explore, please feel free to email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com, and I would love to incorporate those topics into the upcoming shows. Once again, it has been truly a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Remember, during the week, we are going to continue to engage and shape each other's lives And keeping in mind every human interaction is an opportunity for transformation. And let's go out there and let's get the transformation started. And let's not forget to start with our own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.